0: I'm not gonna lie. Welcome to Analog Modern Radio, my name's Nathan queso Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with my good friend Morgan Casabon. Morgan is an amazing photographer, she shoots all kinds of different stuff, she's a real creative thinker, she's not following trends, she's really doing her own thing and I think that really shows in her work that she's doing not only for weddings, personal projects, editorials. I've had the pleasure of shooting alongside Morgan a few times now, she's just one of the most lovely, generous people you'll meet. Morgan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me here
0: my pleasure and yes first thing I have to ask you is to just say profiterole for me just because it sounds so great
1: profiterole
0: yeah that's amazing (laughs) I'd really like to talk to you about a quote that is on your website you've got on there it's not about documenting what it looks like but capturing what it feels like which I think is what photography is all about did you write that or is that a quote from someone or
1: it's a mix of things that I've read from Elliot Elwitt mm-hmm. and De Pardon, the documentary photographer. Uh, they, they both really much said the same thing and that really resonated with me. So it's, it's my quote, but it's from their vision as well that really connected with me because I don't have a professional background in photography. I do have studies in cinema and marketing and art direction, but not specifically in photography. So all the techniques that I've got using a, a camera is mostly done by learning by myself. So on the job, regardless of, of how I shoot something, it doesn't matter with what I'm shooting a photo, it doesn't matter what, how I'm doing it. It's just the, what matters to me is what it feels like. So you can be taking a photo on an iPhone or you can be taking a photo with a, with a black shoebox, you know, the pinhole camera. You could be taking photos with great Canon cameras. To me, it doesn't really matter. What matters to me is what do you feel when you see that image back? That's why I put that on there. Because I mix video, photo, a bit of film. I've got some Polaroid cameras hanging in my camera bag, some weird stuff in my camera bag. And I just love mixing things together and creating something a bit special that really connects with what it feels like not what it looks like not um is the is this shot really well exposed is it well balanced was the saturation is it very uh, sharp uh, how many pixels does your camera have? This really doesn't matter to me. It's
0: One thing I've noticed with your work, particularly lately, I'm not sure how long you've been doing it for, but there is a lot of mixed sort of media. You're not just shooting with one camera or one medium. There's sort of, Yeah, there's Polaroid mixed in there. There's 35mm film, video snippets, and like making GIFs and all kinds of stuff. Is that something you've consciously thought about or is it just to do with, like you said, the, that feel that you're getting and you're just moving in those directions?
1: I think it's a progression from how i started wedding photography because at first i was you know trying to do what was expected of me the normal photography just sticking to the same kind of shots first of all for giving what the couples wanted they hire you as a photographer you need to give them the right photos and there's a certain expectations of you when i felt confident enough With that, I was able to add extra layers of it. So video, film photography, which I've always loved. So it was just kind of a progression in the things that I loved. So I started showing it a bit more now like for the past year or so, just so people can see what I can do and what I do. And if it connects with them, then that means that I'm the right photographer for their wedding.
0: on, On the day, how do you kind of decide which camera to grab at any time? Or is it, are you basing it on feel or what's the kind of process there?
1: I have my camera bag, always filled with lots of stuff that I want use yeah <laughs> most of the times just because I love I like having that as a backup yes I will work by feel when I go into a shoot if it's a wedding I would have met the couple before what would have I would have had a conversation with them so I can see roughly who they are what their story is I'm pretty good at reading the room so if it's something if you know that the 60s vibes that's their thing I will bring out gladly the 35mm camera and the the old film camera and get some Kodak Portra in there. And, you know, using the flash, making it a bit more, you know, 60s. So I work by feel with the couple to show their story, but also with with what I like during the day. I have an idea of what I will capture during the day before I get there, but it's also a mix of on the spot oh, this would look great on a Polaroid or this would look great in a little video snippet. So that's why I always have my backpack full of stuff because <laughs> yeah, I never know what's going to happen. Yeah, so it's a mix.
0: There's some shots that you did. It's a couple in a bathroom and I think you shot you shot it on Tri-X. And it's like direct flash, very grungy, not your not your standard wedding photo. How, how did those ones come about?
1: Well, it was really what their wedding was like. In between lockdowns, when we could have a bit more people at home so they could have... I think it was a time where you could have five people in your home. So they did the wedding the day before the ceremony and all the formalities the day before. They asked me to do their bridal photos the next day so it was just the three of us all day from morning till later on at night and there was no stress no nothing and it was just in their home so they read their vows there and they did all this so we had well i guess a minimal space to be used the house so we went from the piano room to their bedroom to the bathroom at the end and we had just a drink there this couple harry and mim they suited that style as well i mean that was them yeah, they're for pretty sure. funky. They're, they're pretty rock and roll they wanted some the photos with neon lights and things like that so we did all this I was like I was in my element it was it was really really fun but yeah. it matched them as well so the fact that they you know smoking a cigarette drinking wine in the bathroom with their sunglasses on that's dumb
0: yeah well, you captured them so well I, lo- I love those photos they're amazing and one of the things I've noticed from your work I feel like there's a lot of influence from cinema in there is that a conscious thing that or again is it just kind of part of that natural direction that your work has taken?
1: Again, it's a bit of both, I think. I've always been interested in cinema. Um, That was my first love. Before photography, before anything, that was what I wanted to do as a kid. When I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a director. My childhood was a bit boring, we can say. I grew up in a small town, didn't have much things, and my parents weren't really present or anything. There was one thing that we used to do is that when we used to do grocery shopping, my mom used to to go and buy a VHS every time she went grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. So that was like a big treat. See, I didn't do any sports. We didn't have all the things that is available to kids around here. So watching movies was my thing. Every, I don't know, three weeks, we'd have a new movie to watch and then the VHS, and I would rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And I just spend my days watching movies. So that's why I went to a high school that did specifically cinema studies. And again, I loved it. Ended up doing marketing just because at that time, it wasn't something that people did for a job. (laughs) It wasn't being director or cinematographer, that wasn't a real job, right? You couldn't make money out of that. But since I started photography again, so that was about maybe six years ago, and especially going beyond fashion photography, which I used to do at first, so doing weddings with real people, I found out that a lot of my pictures are cinema related with the composition I do or the things I seek. symmetry, the, the light, the faces. I will have movies, you know, in my head that I used to watch when I was a kid that come back, which is some of them are intentional and most of them are unintentional. So I've did on my website, a blog post about comparison don't know if you've seen that, the comparison between photos yeah, of movies yeah, and I then did. the photos I've taken yep. at weddings. Most of them are not, I didn't think of it.
0: Oh, really? Like,
1: it would be, co- yeah, it would be cooler if I said, yeah, I did specifically that. Right, oh, <laughs> no,
0: that's what I thought. I wanted to go and recreate this frame.
1: Yeah, no, it's only later on when I edit the photos, I'm like, oh, this really reminds me of something. And then I go back and I'm like, yeah, that was it. It's
0: just baked in the back of your brain.
1: I think so, I think so. Then there is some that I really want to do that i've got the shot in my head i'm like oh yeah from this movie i remember how the light was this is very similar like i did a wedding in melbourne on valentine's day i think it was a year ago two years ago they got married the ceremony was a bed of the rose petals after we did all the bridal photos and everything we just asked the couple to lay on those petals because it reminded me of american beauty you know that shot from top so i did do that shot from the top but that came just because i saw the bed of roses i was like oh that reminds me of the poster from American Booty. And yeah. I don't specifically look for it, but I think I might be trained with what I've seen in cinema, in yeah. movies. more yeah. than
0: Yeah, I think so. I like the great Cy Moore says that idea of your creative diet, what you put in is what is going to come out. And the more you put your own personal taste and your personality into your work, it's going to show. And if that kind of stuff is what you love and you're always watching it and looking at that, eventually that's what's just going to start coming out. Even if it's subconsciously.
1: Yeah, that's true. I did a few style shoots with you as well with very specific movies or very specific style in mind. So that was different yeah mostly it's just it's just there in the back of my brain and then i guess it just you know transpires with what i do yeah
0: no i think it's a good thing to do one thing i'd like to do is just before i go and do a shoot is just like flip through a photo book that i really like for portraits someone like slim aarons just have a quick snapshot of like compositions and you know and posing and stuff like that not to go oh that's a cool shot i'll go and do that with this person you just kind of get it all stuck in your head and it'll slowly just come out in different ways so
1: for example for practical light which is it's just the Light that's available. So that works really well for us, wedding yeah. photographers or photographers in general, because you just use the light that's there. Roger dickens does it really well. If I need a bit of boost about lightning, I just watch Roger Deakins movies and Coen Brothers, Fargo, like any of them. If I want some more input into symmetry, I'd watch Wes Anderson. If I want a bit more ideas on posing, how you pose a couple and in very minimal and in interesting ways, you could look at any movies from Truffaut or Jean-Luc Godard, which are the French New Wave directors, or Bergman, the Swedish man who really, he had this way of shooting people because when you look at a scene when people are talking you'd have them either side on or you'd have them you know the dialogue where you can see the back of the shoulder or the head of someone and you have the other guy face front yeah well he does it in a way that is weird like he mixed people putting face to face next to each other, mm. upside down on the side, hiding half the face with a shadow. Right. It's really interesting. So anything from cinema from Bergman, if you're looking for ideas to pose your couples, Bergman is your man, I yeah. reckon.
0: I'll have to check him out. That sounds cool. Even um Roger Deacons does a lot mm. of just slight changes in, in composition. It's like conventions for filming, you know, conversation. Yeah, it's like shooting over the shoulder. Shoulder and slide of the head of one of the person so you know who they're talking to and Roger Deacons goes in really Real, like wide angle lens and just goes in real close and you can't see the other person but it feels a lot more intimate and very different kind of approach even that's quite a simple simple change to that rule I, th- I think it makes a big difference
1: you can see roger dickens as well the way he does those one shot but now we're talking about video more than photos when he follows the, the protagonist and then obviously the whole scene the light changes but the way he follows through with his one shot, that could last maybe one minute. One shot where you follow someone going through and then the light changes, it goes into tight spaces. I'm thinking about 1917, the movie, at the beginning where it's just a one shot and then he just walks from outside to indoor and in very, very cramped little space. And he can manage to make it look real with practical light and also gives an extra layer of shadows and depth to all the shots that he does in just one camera move you can spend hours looking at that movies that's, well, that's what i do <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I, another thing I, I thought was um interesting that you do not that i want to i can cut this out if you like i don't want to give away too many of your uh you know yeah. trade secrets but using filters as well which i noticed mm-hmm. you're doing on on the shoot that we um not a shoot we did together your shoot that you just let me no you kind of let me come uh-huh. along and take a few shots but using the like cine bloom filters like i did the yep. same thing i have the similar kind of thing the hoya pro mist I, I just started doing it because i wanted that old lens kind of look of you know those sort of flaring highlights
1: no there's no trade secrets for me like i'll be sharing them in a few blog posts anyway in the future so don't worry about it i'm happy i'm an open book and my things are just you know things that i've picked up on everyday lives. So it's not really any techniques or anything so it might not work every time it's not technical at all but yeah i use filters i use a cinema Yes, yeah, in the bloom, which I like because it really renders that film look and you know, all the highlights that expand that really pop out and gives that glow that is nice because I shoot on Sony, but their lens are too digital for mm. me. They're too sharp. It, it's too good of a camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too sharp, too green. So I shoot Sony just because I like switching from video to photo and that's the best camera there is that there for that it's there's no comparison even the canon you know the latest r5 or r6 they're not quite there yet but i can't wait for them to arrive there because the canon lenses and the canon cameras are really i prefer the colors and the tones to them yeah so what i do is i I try to make the imagery more soft and more cinematic for photos sometimes i use the sheer tights on top of the lens oh yeah if you pull it really really tight over the lens if you shoot on full sun or with flashlights you'll see the highlights just glow mm. all over the photo and gives that a little layer so it looks like you're shooting on a on a film camera yeah without using any presets in postpro just from your camera you can make it look like film camera more soft yeah so there's a, that's why I'm telling you my bag is heavy
0: yeah <laughs> it's full of stockings
1: <laughs> full of stockings. <laughs> Yeah, the ziploc bag. Like anything, I've seen people putting um, uh, like popo, like um, the Vaseline, you know, over the lens oh, yeah. smear it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't like doing that. It's like
0: probably not great for your lens. A bit no. Vaseline on it. <laughs> <laughs> avoid That's the, it. It. it'll avoid the warranty if nothing else. I definitely feel with your work, and I know other people have said this to me too. Like it seemed like a very sort of outside the box thinker very creative kind of thinker are you like consciously trying to do different work or are you more just trying to do work that you like and that you know sort of resonates with you and your taste
1: i really feel very uncomfortable when people say oh you're very creative i feel really freaked out when people say
0: that i, I don't know about you I, I have this thing at the moment and i don't know what it is and it's only with photography if i get a compliment it is like someone is just sticking a knife in me and i don't know why I'm, i've been thinking about it a lot and trying to figure out what if someone if i make a video and someone says oh it's a great video i'll be like yeah well i did a good job I'm a, i've been working video for a long time i'm a professional i'm confident with my ability and where i sit in the industry and that kind of thing and i like the photos i take and I'm proud of the photos I take, They, you know, they suit my taste and I, I I really like it when people like them. But as soon as someone says, oh, I love that photo, it's like someone's just stuck a knife in my gut and I'm like, just don't do it, please. I don't know why. It's so weird.
1: But people will do it though. You keep on doing great work, so people will so keep now, on doing it. So even now, it's just it. like
0: you're driving it in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever
0: feel like that? No,
1: see, oh, all the time. All the time. I just feel, I think it is a part, you know, part imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah. I have massive imposter syndrome with photography because I'm just kind of fudging my way through it and making things up. And
1: Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. But it's the same feeling when people give me presents. I never know what to do. I just yeah. I, I hate when people give me gifts. I love the gifts, but I don't like the... Just want to open the, it, you know, open open it in private. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's just to me when people say that, I'm, I still feel like I'm below the what I'd like to achieve you know, like way below. So I do have this big imposter syndrome thing. and But I'm trying not to overthinking too much because then it stops you from doing other stuff. Maybe embrace it that people like your work and like what you do and resonate with it. And honestly, people actually don't care how you, that's what I mean by the motto, you know, it's not, what it looks like but what it feels like it doesn't mm. matter how you took the photo it doesn't matter all of this what matters you know if people think oh yeah that's a great photo i really really like this one for some reason you'd be like oh yeah maybe that person sees something different than me when i see that photo and that's but i see what you mean it it puts you on the spot where we'd rather be behind the camera mm. in the shadows yeah. when where no one sees us but it doesn't happen yeah. It's not like that. So it's it's a work in progress for me to try to welcome this. But and I guess it will be for you as well. Yeah. Because it's not it's not going to stop, Nathan.
0: <laughs> well, I just I just won't leave my house. I'm not sure. Well,
1: we we are on worst critics, really. Yeah. But like you said, you would see a video, you're like, yeah, I'm, I like what I'm doing. I don't need validation. I do like receiving emails, you know, from the couples that love their photos. Yeah. And they're generally happy that I love these ones. Because it matters to me what they think, what mm. they want. But then if it's a photo that I'm taking just for myself, it's just uncomfortable, I guess. But mm. that's what it is with social media and marketing that nowadays. You have to share what you do to yeah. be able to do more of what you love it's a give and take kind of thing so it's a compromise
0: it's probably just part of being uh, an introvert as well. yeah
1: i think so i'm a bit of a loner when i take photos i do love having people around to bounce ideas off i'd love to have someone i could shoot with mm-hmm. that is just constantly bouncing ideas brainstorming and trying to think further than my own brain yeah. and maybe that's Maybe a bit of an answer to your question before about um, am I, you know, doing it, I'm doing different stuff and things like that. I think it's out of curiosity and out, out of um, boredom. Like I don't want to be doing the same thing over yeah. and over again. I change my mind very easily and very often, which can be a downfall, but can be also quite interesting, I guess, because I always try to find new things. Yeah. I might not have completed the things before, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm great at leaving the tasks i've done just trying to find new things new ways of doing stuff
0: i did that too i feel like this is why i will never be rich because i can't stick with anything long enough to feel like my wedding video business is like at the point where i'm like i'm like a high price point getting a lot of regular bookings like it's all just kind of working really well and i've become quite bored with it and i want to move on to something else and that means starting again and investing a whole lot of money in it spending all my time on that and i'm like i could just sit back and make wedding videos forever and probably have a lot more money but I can't do it then
1: changing. I just can't do it. The luxury of this though, it's, it's when you don't have to change. What I wouldn't like is as if you're doing something that you love and then you are getting good at it. And then people tell like, or, you know, the the technologies tell you, you have to change, you have to do it differently or Instagram or you need to do more videos. Now I hate that. I hate when it's put on me instead of, I would have probably done it by myself on my own, You know, method being like, oh, I'm going to try to do more videos on Instagram. But the fact that it has to change because the context told you to, that breaks me. That breaks my vision. Yeah. I don't know if it happens to you as well.
0: Yeah, it does. Instagram feels like a race to the bottom at the moment with reels. When I see photographers on Instagram and they're just making goofy faces, kind of half dancing, pointing to text If this is how we're going to get bookings in the future, I'm out. I'm going to go find something else to do. I'm not doing this. When they like, Instagram is no longer a photo-sharing platform, the focus is going to be video. And everyone's all of a sudden making slideshows of their photos and just uploading that as a video. I don't think that's what they've got in mind. I think they want it to be just like TikTok. Like They just want it to be the Mm never-ending scroll of very easily digestible content.
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: what it is. Photo slideshows aren't that. They're not going to get anyone's attention. I, mm. I skip past them. I can't be bothered. That's not what I'm on Instagram for. I want to. I I want to see mm. photos. But like, yeah, everyone's just like, oh, we got to do videos because that's what Instagram said. But I don't think it is what it's going to be. If it does end up being TikTok, then then you're out. I'm out.
1: <laughs> then you make reels with uh, super eight cameras. The
0: most expensive reel ever made. I was <laughs> shooting that, and I'm like, what am I doing? I spent a whole day making that video. I shot it inside on super eight. Like, I had to light it all. God, if this doesn't work, I've wasted so much time and money. <laughs>
1: I love it. This is this part of the beauty of it. And you don't have any safety net. This is what it is. If it doesn't work well, it does, it's not meant to be. It's like you're giving your own peace of mind, you know, the own anarchy to, to Instagram. As in, well, you want reels? Like easy to make reels? Nah. This is not, gonna, that's not, not in my book. That's not happening that way. It was funny because it's how to make something that's simple more complicated. Yeah. And again, that's the beauty of it. And that's, I think that's why a lot of people as well use turn to film photography because part of the beauty of a film photo is the work you put behind it yeah it's hard to get film it's hard to get it developed it's hard to get it scanned because you could just you know use a digital digital camera and use you know a preset on your lightroom like VSCO mm. do that but that's not it's not magic
0: no i think about that sometimes though when i'm scanning and i'm like this is so much work <laughs> i could have just done this on my phone in a split second instead it's taking me weeks yeah but then i get the pictures and i'm like that's no, just keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's it like this Christmas,
1: way. and you know deep down, and you know that you've done it properly the way you want it. You know, not because it's dictated to you that you have to use your yeah your phone to do a reel. No, you do it your own way, and yeah. that's that's great. I like that.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm glad someone appreciated <laughs> <laughs> the effort. It was worth it. Another really great quote that you've got on your site, one by Elliot Erwitt, who's obviously an amazing um, street photographer from sort of the 50s and 60s, obviously just about photos, and they're little to do with the things you see and everything to do with the way you see them. Really, um, that really resonated with me. Anytime there's new technology that comes out with cameras, and, you know, it's sort of happening now with the transition to to mirrorless cameras from DSLRs and, you know, eye tracking, amazing low-light performance, and everyone's like, oh, now it's just... Anyone can just take photos now. There's no skill in it anymore. Like it was hard before. And I'm like, photography's been around for nearly 200 years. It's been the same when autofocus became usable. And it's like, oh, now anyone can take a picture because you've got autofocus or auto exposure. Anyone can take a picture now because the camera has a meter in it. And it doesn't seem to me that it makes that much difference.
1: Well, it's because as well, the way you used to take photos 200 years ago was very different to the way we do now. Like, like you said before, we consume content. So the more the the quantity is there, whereas back then it's too hard to do just one. So you want to make sure that that one that you make is good. Mm. (laughs) So the eye focus will probably be very well focused because people didn't move. (laughs) You have to stand there and not move. But now it's revolutionizing because you're doing content all the time. So it has to perform at any given time. It's just the way we take photos now. It's just different to the way we used to. About the fact that it depends the way you see it. Yeah, well, the eye, like the photo is the eye of the the photographer. We can have the same landscape, you and I, and I'll be taking a different picture than you. And that's why it's so important for couples when they book wedding photographers that they see the work that you've done before. Because if they connect with that, then... That's great. See, I don't believe in competition, really, in in photography. When you think about marketing, I'm talking about wedding photography a lot because that's what I do most. Everybody's different and I have a different way of taking photos. If a couple goes with so-and-so instead of me, like book them instead of me, that means that they've seen something in their work that they connect with. So I wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. And that's why that quote is on my website. It's just to say, look at how I see things and try to know me. And then if that connects with you, then that's great.
0: I feel like my stuff is different enough for whatever, whether you like it or not. It's like, it's different enough that if people mm-hmm. want to book me, they'll book me. And if they like these other people's work, they're not going to like my work. There is no competition. I feel like people are either going to be like, Oh yes, definitely him or no fucking way him.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: I did um one fine day wedding fair chatting with this couple, you know, just gave her my whole spiel about approach and natural and candid and blah, blah. blah. I told her everything. Like, she's like, yes, it's all perfect. Almost to really, like book me on the spot. And she, um, played a video and she got 30 seconds in and she walked off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She just walked off.
0: Like she was so keen. And as soon as she saw what it looked like, I think it probably opened with super eight. She just went, what is this blurry shaky mess and just walked away.
1: I guess it's a good thing for you. And it's a good thing for her. Yeah, exactly. But that's why, as well, I've been changing a little bit what I put out there. Like you said, been changing up. You know, the things that I do, like gifts and different format, different mediums, and probably not your typical wedding photography. Even though I still like when you look at the galleries that I send to couples, they're not standard because it's me taking them and it's like my eye and you know different things, but they still get the usual stuff like the details and you know the the first kiss and the bridal photos and stuff like that but what i want to showcase on my instagram or what i put out there on my website a bit more niche Mm. so then they know exactly what they're getting into if they book me and if they don't like that then that's fine it's it's better for me and it's better for them
0: just finding your people
1: yeah, you're finding your tribe, I guess, finding who you connect with. But that doesn't mean, you know, I don't have any preference with any kind of wedding. You know, it could be, you know, in a backyard wedding. It could be a city wedding. It could be, you know, wedding with 100 or 200 people. Or it can be just a, an elopement. It doesn't matter as long as the people know that they see what they like and they connect with what I do. And same with me as well. I think that's important. I really had a hard time to find my style. And I don't even think I've got a style still. I really have a hard time with that because I love a lot of different types of photos. I find it hard to have, and I'm coming back to Instagram, where everything has to be, you know, very consistent or very curated. And, you know, the same kind of colors and the same kind of type of photos. So you'd have a nice, you know, a detailed shot of a ring at 1.4. And then you'd have a dance floor photo with strobe of lights and neon i like both of these photos and i take both of these photos but when you look at the instagram page it doesn't really look good because yeah. you expect it to have something very homogenous and i find that really really hard it's after the workshop that we did together um up in autumn yeah i really struggled with that then and after the workshop when i sing, you know listening to aaron listening to to um james listening to you i was like well f- you really like fuck the rules and fuck what you know what it's supposed to look like and just You know, if you like a photo, let's just put it out there. But it is hard because you've got these expectations that your work should be consistent and you'd book more people and more work if you showcase a very specific style. And I still struggle with that. What is my style? What is it? I don't know because I can't pinpoint exactly what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Are you like this?
0: I don't think quite so much, like in that respect. I know what you mean. And I think because you work across so many different types of media, I understand why you would feel that way. But then I think that I always recognize your work because everything you do is still different to everyone. If you're just doing a quick scroll through the feed, I'll pick your work out really quickly, whereas a lot of other photographers are oh, really, something crazy <laughs> and interesting and it's you. But I still think right. it's recognisable. But you've just got a bit more of a range of stuff that you show. I don't think you've got different styles where it's like they don't all belong together or they feel like they're being done by different people. You know, a lot of people, particularly just for Instagram, post within its very specific colour palette or mm. style of photo to fit within their feed. You've got more of a range and you're showing a lot more of your range as well. Whereas some people are just, keeping it very tight for that reason but then you're probably looking for the people who don't want that as well.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I'm just trying to do the same thing over and over again. Mate, Tony Evans told me once. He he was talking about the suburban house photos that I take. It's like you just do that one thing and you do it over and over and it's fucking awesome. And you're not trying to do every other thing. You've just got your style and you're just doing it and I was just like it's cuz it's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> But it's, and it's true. And it's really easy to look at all these different styles of photography. As much as I would like to branch out and do all these other stuff, I'm like, I know what I'm good at and what yeah. I like doing, what gets a result that I'm happy with. And so yeah. I'm just sticking with that. I just shoot a few different film stocks. I just shoot a couple of different cameras, found ones that work for me and that I like. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing this over and over. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere when you're doing that because you feel like you're just repeating yourself. But then when you look at the work you did two or three years ago, it has actually changed a lot you haven't been zigzagging all over the place in different styles but you've you will have progressed and changed and refined it you won't have some kind of huge monumental shift i feel like that's how you land on a style and so i'm the same thing i'm like i don't necessarily think i have a style but i feel like it's developing and so maybe you're the same where and you've got a broader range of what you're doing but you're still it's, it's all developing mm. and you'll land somewhere one day even if you're not satisfied or think it's finished You'll still land somewhere one day and it'll be a, a long way from where you started and a long way from what everyone else is doing and it'll be uniquely you.
1: Which I think that's what it is. That's what I'm doing because when you were saying, you know, oh, oh I love this, I want to do this, I want to try this. This is what I'm... My brain is like that, but then you know what you're not good at when you do this as well. I find that out with the few years that I've been doing it now. So that's why it's starting to be a bit more refined, I guess, and why maybe you can see, oh, this will be one of Morgan's shots or this will be, maybe I don't see it because, uh, you know, I'm right in it. My my face is right in it.
0: Do you think other people's work looks different to yours? Because I look at my stuff as normal because I look at my work all the time. So I'm like, that's just what photos look like to me and I look at everyone else's stuff and I'm like oh they're so different but probably people look at me that I'm the different one but I don't see it that way. All the books that I look at, I look at all these old photo books that are all obviously shot on Trix as well. And they're shooting square format and they're shooting on old cameras and I'm taking a lot of influence from them and it's just coming out in my work. And, but that's just my normal little world and I think that looks normal. I don't think it looks old fashioned or dated or anything. And I think everyone else's looks really new and shiny and weird and digital, but everyone else is like, no, no, that's normal. You're You're the weird one. You're the weird one, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it's your diet. It's what you consume as well. And this is the standard for you. The standard for photography is that I don't see it that way. Like me, like I don't see, for example, your work and be like, oh, this is weird or this is different. Well, I would say this is different. Because, oh, I haven't seen that, you know, stock used like that before. I haven't seen that way of shooting photos before. And that's interesting.
0: It's it's hard to see it when you're kind of inside it.
1: That's why you wouldn't be able to take any kind of photos any other way. Differently to the way you take photos of or the way you see things. Because Mm. it's uniquely you. I like when people are pushing the standards. You know or the expectations won't understand it I guess yeah. like it's whatever's expected of you or expected of of a foot photographer you know you'll see foot photography you wouldn't know who's taking it Specifically, Mm. unless it's differently done. So the expectations are gone. That's where I find that interesting. Even if I like it or I don't like it, just the fact that it's different and it's interesting.
0: I think you summed it up pretty well there, Morgan. Thanks so much for making the time to to come on the the podcast and have a chat. I know you're you're very busy with work and and kids and.
1: Yeah, kids mostly. Yeah. Well, thank you for for asking me to be on there. Like, I feel privileged. Like, I'm not sure what I've said that hopefully brightens someone's day, but. Again, imposter syndrome. No, it's
0: a pleasure. I'm a big fan of your work and you. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have you on chat, and hear your thoughts.
1: Thank you. Don't send me ice picks in my heart. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs>